0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money-changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here, and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered him and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them, because he knew them all, and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord On April 15, 2019, the 165-year-old spire of Notre Dame in Paris was engulfed in flames and crashed through the roof to the cathedral floor. Last month, like a phoenix rising from the ashes A new rooster, sculpted in the shape of a golden flame, was lifted into place on the newly rebuilt spire. Notre Dame has had its ups and downs over the centuries, but this much is clear. In the end, all of our sacred temples collapse. It's worth remembering that the Gospel of John was written after the Roman armies had destroyed the Jerusalem temple. Judaism and Christianity are both religions of the collapsing temple. Rabbinic Judaism eventually reconfigured the temple in the home. Early Christians refigured the temple as the body of Jesus, which is also the body of the church. We refer to today's gospel as the cleansing of the temple, but Jesus' action is a prophetic statement. He is announcing a new reality. Let me give you a picture of what this looks like. In June 1980, there was an uprising in the Polish shipyard in Gdansk. The labor union, Solidarity, was born and immediately outlawed by the government. Martial law was imposed, and there was widespread economic hardship. In 1983, the former Bishop of Krakow, now St. John Paul II, went to Jasnogora Monastery in Częstochowa, Poland, to celebrate the 600th anniversary of the monastery. The crowds who came for the Mass were somber and quiet, not long into his sermon, however, the Pope uttered the word Solidarnoš for the first time. By the time he was finished, he must have said solidarity a hundred times. The people couldn't stop cheering. I remember thinking at the time, the communists are not going to let the Pope back into the country. I didn't understand that the Pope was announcing the end of communism. Although the government hadn't gotten the memo and it would take a few more years, everyone knew that the communist era was over. Jesus is announcing the end of the sacrificial system. Anthony Bartlett writes, What renders the temple redundant is forgiveness. If we humans forgive that is, we respond non-violently, then necessarily there will be no need for a temple, and we will be one with the forgiveness, non-violence of the Father. Forgiveness deconstructs and replaces sacrifice. Think of how God self-identifies in the first commandment. It's not as creator, but as liberator, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I am a jealous God. The way we choose to respond to God's fervent offer of love carries consequences, and the effects ripple down to subsequent generations. If we act mercifully, then divine mercy trickles down to the thousandth generation. Wickedness likewise begets generations of hatred, It's not so much that God threatens punishment if we do not follow the divine commands. Rejected love leads to unhappy consequences. The Hebrew word for jealous can also be translated zealous. John quotes Psalm 69, zeal for your house will consume me. John intends the double meaning The zeal of the temple power which opposes Jesus will consume him. On Mount Sinai, God gives detailed instructions to Moses to build an Ark of the Covenant for the two stone tablets. The Ark was kept in a tent or tabernacle, All through their desert wanderings, the children of Israel carried the ark and tabernacle with them. The glory of God journeyed with them wherever they went. The ark was brought into the first temple. After the Babylonian exile, the temple was rebuilt. At the time of Jesus, the temple was expanded, but it was never the same, because the ark of the covenant had been lost. Listen to what John tells us in chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son. John uses the Greek word tabernacle for dwelling. God truly came to dwell in our midst, even as God dwelt in the midst of Israel in the tabernacle. And later in the temple. John places the prophecy of the destruction of the temple right at the beginning of the gospel. The Eucharist displaces sacrifice and shows Jesus as the new temple. The reflection on the Eucharistic bread from heaven, which is how we are inserted into the new temple, Christ's body, is presented as a meditation on the manna in the desert, the food given for the journey. In the Synoptic Gospels, when Jesus dies on the cross, the curtain of the temple veil is torn in two from top to bottom. Jesus' death reveals the inner workings of God. We see a God who spills his own blood to reach through to us, rather than a God who wants us to spill our blood to reach through to God. In John's Gospel, Jesus is crucified on Thursday, not Friday. Jesus is going outside the city walls to be killed at exactly the same time, three in the afternoon, when the priests in the temple were killing the lambs for the Passover feast. So, while they were killing the lambs, the real lamb, the one who was identified as the Lamb of God, was going to the place of execution to be killed. Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection inaugurate a new Passover, a new exodus from all bondage, a new freedom to abide in God as God abides in us in a world saturated with divine glory and presence. In the Word made flesh, God is speaking to us, opening up a space where we can discover the new temple of God's presence in the world. Whenever people come together in the power of God's love and forgiveness, heaven and earth meet In my Father's house, Jesus tells us, there are many dwelling places. The Father's generous love extends to all members of the human family. We cannot exclude anyone from the sphere of divine love.